challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country y'all, with y'all Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country, with a pedal to the metal, with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. All right, all right, all right, a bunch of rabble-rousers running around on a sugar high, because... I have it on. I have it on first-hand experience. There are ice cream cakes, homemade ice cream sandwiches. Rather, what kind of cookies were they? Does anybody know? Gone. They're gone. They're the kind that are gone. Molasses cookies and some vanilla ice cream. Good land. Some taco stuff and some and uh, some meat, some roast beast and some spaghetti. And my goodness, all kinds of fried chicken, eggs. Eggs go quick here, folks. If you come visit, if you're in Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, or New Jersey. And you come to visit us at 5, we have a meal every single week together. A bunch of big tables, big recliner chairs. It's awful nice. And then uh, stay with us for the broadcast. We're glad you joined us today. We will make sure you are fed well. Absolutely. Sanctified three ways from Sunday. Three different ways. Oh, by the way, I'm told to remind everybody listening and everybody here to go to Facebook.com backslash The Ninja Pastor. We have a new uh Ninja Pastor page on Facebook, that's the one to go to. So if you liked uh, God and Country Radio Show or the Collision of Faith and Politics Radio Show, same page. If you like those, uh, those will be closing out here shortly, and everything will be going through the Ninja Pastor. Follow me uh, on the regular Facebook and that, and that would be awesome. Follow me also at the Ninja Pastor on Twitter. I stood in the courtroom. The judge turned my way. It looks like you are guilty, you say. I spoke up, Your Honor, I have no defense. But that's when mercy walked in. The blood was presented that covered my sin, forgiven when mercy walked in. I stood there and wondered how this could be, that someone so guilty had just been set free. My chains were broken, I felt born again, that moment that mercy walked in. Oh, mercy walked in and pleaded my case, called to the stand, God's saving grace. The blood was presented that covered my sin, forgiven when mercy walked in. A fellow by the name of Gordon Moat wrote that song. Gordon and his brother were both born totally and completely blind. Gordon has now become one of the most sought-after session pianists. Ever in all history, of course, he plays a whole bunch of things, but he plays a piano like uh, he was in the womb playing it. Unbelievable. Has a beautiful family. Uh, so many people said so many things about him. They said, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You'll ju- you're going to might as well institutionalize your children because 
They're just not going to make it. Being totally blind from birth. Born in Alabama. But that's when God got involved. You say, well, if God was involved, he'd have been born with sight. You know, we're going to talk more about sight at the end of this. I think you'll understand where I'm getting at. Sanctified three ways from Sunday. You know, you've heard that saying, country saying, six ways to Sunday. I tried everything, six ways to Sunday, and it didn't work. Well, this is only three, so I hope you, you'll take back half of your fee for listening. Have you ever thought about the different types of sanctification? Anybody ever thought about that, the different types of sanctification? By the way, welcome to Australia. Well, there we go. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Look at that, all these people. That's so, so cool. Uh, can you, uh, are you able to hear? Some folks are saying, there we go. We've got some, some great folks that are uh, plugged in here. The great Andrea Shea King, dear friend of Jerry's and mine. Good to have you. Some great guests in chat. It's always good to have you guys share this link. So have you ever thought about the different types of sanctification? And maybe you didn't know that there were different types. Um, I can honestly say, you know, I've, I've never thought of it that deeply. I just took it at sanctification. Felt like that's all I needed to know. But there's more to the story. There almost always is more to the story. Positional. Now, I don't know why there's, they're all start with peas. I don't know why that is. You know what? I like peas. I was talking to my mother this week. I had dinner with her. Uh, and she gave me shrimp cocktail, just like in the restaurant. That was the coolest thing. And the little thing with the little... Yeah, it was real, real kind of neat. And then my son went down, I think, the next day or so, or yesterday, and she gave him the same thing. I thought I was special, but maybe she gives that to everybody. I don't know. Positional, progressive, and perfect. My mom and I talked about the, the just the great gift of sanctification, redemption, all of those things. But we didn't talk about it in detail. We didn't say there was three. And of course, then I knew there was three, but I think mom's probably a better Bible student than me. Perfect. Who among us is perfect? Right, not me. I most assuredly, definitely, not even a little bit at all, am or are perfect. Positional. Let me tell you something. You want the slowest lane? You're driving down the road. You want the slowest lane? Pick the lane I'm in. Because if I'm in a slow lane and I move to the other lane, that lane will suddenly become the slowest lane. Who who can identify with that? Seems like you're in the biggest rush. You're trying to get somewhere quick. Oh, my lands. Come on, dude. Get out the way. And guess what happens? You see an opening on the on the left lane. You pull out of that regular lane, pull in there. I've done it a thousand times if I've done it once. Get over there in that left lane. All of a sudden, somebody goes from the right lane to the left lane, poking slow. Now you're stuck behind that person and you can't go anywhere because the person you were trying to pass, you've all been there. You've all been there. How about progressive? Perfect, positional, and progressive. You have to be kidding me. It figures the Lord would put this in there. Have you, any of you ever heard me speak? I'm sure this whole room, right? You've heard me a whole bunch of times, maybe even a hundred times. Sermons, conferences, you know I'm not progressive at all. You see these pants, the radio audience can't see this, but these pants, I'm going to throw these away. Not right now, I need them. Now they got big old grease stains on them. Big old grease stains. And you know what I got to thinking? I have had these pants, I believe, for about 20 years. Don't they? You don't think? I bet I have. Back in Worcester, I got them. I had these in Worcester. I think so. I think you're wrong. 
My super sharp brain. My super sharp brain with an excellent memory is saying otherwise. Well, perhaps they're not as old as I thought, but I thought these were the real old ones. They're the stretchy ones. They got this stretchy thing in there. You can't see it. It has something to do with it. Trust me. Hang in. When you're up here, you can you can tell. I, I won't tell you to hurry up. There's a point to it. There's a point to it. And the point is this. We get we get redeemed, right? We know what redeemed is. What is redeemed? Say it again louder. Bought back. We, did we earn this? Did we earn our sanctification? No, we sure didn't. Well, these pants redeem me because they stretch when I get a little fatter. And then they go back in a little bit when I'm doing a little better on the diet. I'm doing a lot better. Got to lose 30 pounds. How many of us don't, right? Except for Jerry. Jerry's, yeah, he's awesome. And Bonnie, you know, these people are in shape, but it put a lot of pressure on me. A lot of pressure. Now, we're going to start at the beginning just because that's where you should start because that's why they call it the start. It's the beginning. That's where we do it. In the beginning, positional, progressive and perfect. So we're going to start at positional, positional sanctification. This speaks of our position in Hamashiach. Now, who is Hamashiach? That's the real name for Christ, the Messiah, the Messiah, Hamashiach. And we're Hamashians. If we really want to be exact and correct, according, we're Hamashians. We're followers of Christ. We identify with Christ. He has made us his, and we have made. Now, at the time of new birth, every believer is eternally sanctified in Christ and transferred from the family of the devil into the family of God. People say, what are you talking about, brother? What in the world are you talking about, family of the devil? I was never in the devil. I didn't do devil worship. But Scripture tells us that we, we are of the enemy. We're of the dark one until we we're, we are destined for eternal hell from day one until Yeshua Hamashiach came in. At the very moment of salvation, we became a child of God. John 1, 12, and 13 puts it this way. This is a complete Jewish Bible. But to as many as did receive him, to those who put their trust in his person and power, he gave the right to become children of God. Not because of bloodline, physical impulse, or human intention, but because of God. Man, there's something to that. Let's go a little deeper here. John 8:41. You are doing the things that your father does. We're not illegitimate children. I love the complete Jewish Bible because it puts it plain, doesn't it? We're not illegitimate children. They're legitimate children. They don't know who their father is. They don't know who their father is. We know who our father is. They said to him, we have only one father, God. 842, John 842. Yeshua replied to them, if God were your father, you would love me because I came out from God and now I have arrived here. I did not come on my own. He sent me. Why don't you understand what I'm saying? Because you can't bear to listen to my message. You know, all across America today, there's a message. The gospel message is being reduced. The postmodern, emergent, Western evangelical church is reducing the message of Christ. It's reducing the message of Scripture. It's, it's boiling all the good 
vitamins out of it. And then what you have left is a very thin broth you couldn't live on very long. Very clear in John 8, 43. Why don't you understand what I'm saying? Because you can't bear to listen to my message. How many times have you had something very, very difficult to say to a friend? Let's say you had a friend and, and they were messing up big time. They were, they were off the rails, right? You, anybody, shake your head. Anybody have a friend that you saw really in, in decline? Just terrible. It's terrible. You saw them. They were crashing and burning. They were, they were about to lose. We have this story of, of this pilot and his wife, young pilot and his wife. Uh, I think it's Pennsylvania, is it, or Ohio? It's Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio, were addicted to drugs. This guy's a commercial pilot, jet pilot, addicted to drugs, young. They did, both died of a drug overdose. Drug overdose. I think it was fentanyl. Come on, people. You can't sit around and watch while somebody's going off the rails. Now, you can't fix everybody, can you? Look, I have a counseling practice, and I can't fix everybody. I have lots and lots of training and experience. I can't fix everybody. I can't. Who can? God. God can. But you know what? Sometimes you can't bear to listen to his message, John 8, 44. You belong to your father, Satan. You want to carry out your father's desires from the start he was a murderer and he has never stood by the truth because there is no truth in him when he tells a lie you know the devil is a liar that saying doesn't come from anywhere it comes from this verse he is speaking in character because he is a liar indeed the inventor of the lie man we're in bad shape aren't we we're in a bad way we are in a bad way. Ooh, you know what? Uh, Alaska has said something powerful here. I'm going to share with our national audience. International audience, actually. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Who in here has ever heard that? Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses. Thank you, AK, for that. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. We have the smartest audience, both here and abroad. We have the best-fed audience here. Hello to upstate New York, too. I love having Alaska and, and upstate New York listen. You don't think of New York as some place where people would listen to a conservative show. You, you know, you see those commercials on television. They say, New York State's a great place to do business. Bring your business here. I looked that up once. I looked that up once. They haven't changed the laws. That's just marketing. Don't fall for it. Here's the thing. We, we, were, born, we were born into sin. We were born... Satan, the father of lies, the devil is a liar. He, that's how we were born. We were in bad, bad shape. We were in a bad way. But salvation changed everything. Everything. And now we're subjects in the kingdom of God. Here's Colossians 1. We'll just read this to you. So that you may live lives worthy of the Lord and entirely pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and multiplying in the full knowledge of God. Let me say this. I'm going to interrupt myself. This isn't in the service. This is free, completely free. It won't cost you a thing extra. And multiplying, being fruitful in every good work and multiplying in the full knowledge of God. What's this telling you? The, the more we pursue Christ, the more we pursue Father God, the more we study His Word, capital W, the more we study Scripture, capital S, the more we know 
God. Full knowledge. Adam and Eve wanted a shortcut, didn't they? Adam stood around while his wife took a bite. I think it's a pomegranate or something of that sort. I don't think it was an apple, but, um, you know, I'm going to say this, that, that you know, quit, quit blaming Eve for everything. He was standing right there or sitting. I don't know if he has a lawn chair out while she was, maybe he was giving her a boost to get it, you know, I don't know how he was helping her, but bottom line is he was right there. He could have said, no, baby, we're not, we're not going to do that. I, I don't want you to think I'm a dictator or mean or anything, but. Lord said he was pretty clear. We heard him. We don't want to miss out on our walk in the in the uh, in the evening. Let's not mess up. You know that serpent. First of all, it was a serpent. Hello, serpents aren't supposed to talk. That should be our first sign. How about let's not listen to that serpent because that's weird. Number one, don't listen to no talking snake. But you know what? We laugh, but it, we fall for stupid stuff don't we? No, 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 no. No, I'm saying that's exactly right. We laugh at that, but we fall for stupid stuff all the time, don't we? I had a dear friend of mine just got the their credit card hacked, not hacked, but uh, what do you call it? Uh, identity theft. And people all over the country are running up that card within minutes. You hear about it, something on television. Boy, it's the best thing ever. Best thing ever. There's some things that are, are pretty true, though, aren't there? It's hard to know. You become wary. You become wary because you say, man, I don't want to fall for something again. I got taken. I got taken. I bet some of you are thinking about a product you saw on an infomercial you bought, and you said, man, that thing wasn't worth two cents. I'm not going to lie to you, though. I've bought some. Um, Hey, look right at me. I bought some. Shamwell. I do have a Shamwell over the house. That poor guy, man. Everything went downhill for him, didn't it? He made some choices. Somebody didn't come along and give him some uh give him some some guidance, did they? Mess around and got on drugs. Everything fell apart. It's a shame. It's sure a shame, but boy, don't we wanna know don't we wanna know the full knowledge of don't we wanna have the full don't you wanna have the full knowledge of God? My goodness. The full knowledge of God. God's creator of everything, made it made it all, spoke it into existence. He spoke it into existence. So that you may live lives worthy of the Lord and entirely pleasing to him. Whoa, whoa, hold up. Let me go back. So that you may live lives worthy of the Lord and entirely pleasing to him. That so that means something, doesn't it? That's that, hold on now. We got uh, we got some grace, some beautiful grace, some unmerited favor here in the beginning. Part of that was our sanctification. Man, it was come from God, gave it to us. But I'm starting to hear some things that maybe there's something for me to do. Hmm. Let me read that again. So that you may live lives worthy of the Lord. So that you may live. Is that automatic? Sounds to me like there's something you ought to do something I ought to do, pleasing him. We want to be fruitful in every good work and multiplying in the full knowledge of God. We pray that you will be continually strengthened with all the power that comes from his glorious might. Man, don't we want to be strong? Aren't we tired of being weak in front of the world? As Hamashians or as Christians or as followers of the way or followers of Christ, people have been saved. Aren't we tired of going to the world for little bits 
and crumbs. We're apologetic. I, I have this hashtag that I'm pushing called decide, hashtag decide, resolve, and stand. You helped me develop it. Remember when we were doing that thing, the first you were first doing the, the uh, Facebook page? Decide, resolve, and stand. There's so many Christians, followers of Christ or followers away. They're right here, and I'm pointing down low. They're right here, and they never climb because why? Climbing is hard. Listen, I did this health program trying to improve my health a little bit called Eight Weeks to Wellness. Now, they didn't pay me to say it. I'm just That's the name of the title, Eight Weeks to Wellness. Guess what I did? You know what? Who in the medical profession knows what redlining is? We have a doctor here. When you redline, what's that mean? Boop. I was going, and then I was unconscious. They said, listen, we're going to have medical staff there. They were all around me, big, strong guys. I felt all right about it, didn't I? Because I'm a big guy. You know, I'm over 250 pounds. And, uh, but these dudes were in shape and strong and everything. I said, man, I'm in good shape. And, you know, they were watching me. They were watching me. They said, because I was not going to quit. I do not tap out. The only tapping you're going to hear me make is when my head hits the ground. And sure enough, it did. <laughs> that was that. Night, night. So then they swarmed around me, took my blood pressure, freaked out. Then when I was alert enough to say, hey, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Are you kidding me? 275 over 205? You're out of your mind. You need to go to the hospital. No, no, no. We're not going to go to the hospital today. We are not taking a trip to the hospital. And then I said, it's been worse. Trust me. I think I said something like, is that all? So, so they took my blood pressure about every five or ten minutes. I was laying on the floor. They're going and laying wet, cold rags on my head and all this stuff. Oh, well, you know, it happens. Guess what? You know how I know it happens? Because it happened again. My son was there. I wanted to show him how much I could do, you know, since the crash. I was like, dude, you, don't even, you do not even know what I can do. Because, you know, you got to keep – my son's a real big guy. you got to keep your son revering you a little bit. you got to keep him honest, you know. Don't want him to think he can beat old dad. Till dad, till dad went like this, thunk again. But you know what I did it on? The Jacob's Ladder. Isn't that what that thing is called? Jacob's Ladder. Climbing. Climbing is hard. That's why everybody in that place hates that thing. They love it, they hate it. They love it, they hate it. I hate that thing. I love that thing. I hate that thing. I wish somebody would unplug it. Can't you get another thing in here that works just like that but not as hard? No, climbing is hard. Climbing up the mountain is hard. We pray that you will be you will be continually strengthened with all the power that comes from his glorious might so that you will be able to preserve, persevere, and be patient in any situation, joyfully giving thanks to the Father for having made you fit to share in the inheritance of his people in the light. For what? Having made you fit. That sounds to me like that's God doing the work there. Now, just before we heard some stuff, there sounds to me like there's three different types of sanctification going on here. Verse 13, he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Salvation changes everything. Salvation changes everything. But what is everything? That's our lives. That's what we, that's how we live. It's what we wake up to. Let me ask you something. If you're a person of faith, do you have to wake up and remind yourself you're a person of faith? Let me ask you something. If you're a person of faith, you're a believer, you placed your faith in Christ, you go to bed, you feel all full of, full of God, and you just, amen, amen, everything's amen. Then what happens? You wake up. You you feel like you, I might have lost my redemption. I might have lost my sanctification. But I don't, you know. And sometimes that doesn't happen until maybe you forgot your cup of coffee or you have it in your coffee cupboard. I have a coffee cupboard. Anybody else here have a coffee cupboard with nice coffee beans going grind up? Don't grind the nasty ones. 
Yeah. Well, hey, that's good coffee, too. But look, I grind my own. I grind my own. And I have this special kind that these real nice folks who are also Christians who have listened to the show, they grow it and they roast it and everything, and then they send it to me. Very, very nice people. And I grind that up, has a little hint of chocolate in it, naturally occurring. My family says, no, I don't think so. I don't know. I know chocolate, and that doesn't. But I know other people I've given this coffee to are like, mm-mm-mm, that's the best coffee ever. But, you know, sometimes, coffee drinkers, sometimes, you get up in the morning, if you haven't had your coffee, guess what? You might not be sanctified. You might not be feeling like you're redeemed because you need a cup of coffee to get in that gear. How many drink a soda first thing in the morning? God bless you. I'll, play, I'll pray for you. I know people that drink a soda, uh, a pop, first thing in the morning. First of all, soda, uh, it's just a terrible, terrible thing. It's a bad, bad thing. But look here. Look here. Some people, they don't know how to act until they've had, they've had their thing, whatever their thing is. Thing. I don't know, breakfast. I used to be, man, I'll tell you what, man. Woo. When I was a younger man, before all this stuff happened to me, Good, Lance, you better look out. You best look out because I put my feet on that floor. And back then, the floor didn't spin for about 10 minutes. I could get right up and run right downstairs, cook me up some egg, some scrapple. Who in here has had some scrapple? I know. it's Yeah, scrapple. A little crispy. A little bit of ketchup. A little bit of ketchup. People all around the world right now are going, oh, my Lance, I don't even know what that is. Hey, trust me, if you have to ask what scrapple is, you don't want to know. You do not want to know. Uh-oh, we got a problem here. There we go. Server keeps dropping us. Y'all, I'm sorry about all the problems. I think it's a problem at a, oh, yeah, Data Genesis says, I drink coffee all day. You can't thread the needle of a running sewing machine. You haven't had enough coffee. Did y'all hear that? If you can't thread a needle of a running sewing machine, you haven't had enough coffee. Now, that is funny. That right there is funny. I like it. I like it. I told you I have a smart – listen, listen, I have a friend that drinks the worst coffee. It, it's terrible. And they say they drink it for medicinal reasons. I'm not going to drink something I don't like. Lord knows I've worked and worked. I, I drink these things called heart greens. You ever hear of those things? And they've got this terrible ingredient called kale. That's the worst thing ever to cross. Never crossed my lips that I was like, mmm, kale is so good. Oh, I love it. You hear these people talking about you know, these health bars? It's it's poo. It tastes like poo. Not, I haven't eaten poo, but if I did eat poo, that's what it would taste like, right? So kale, 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 I'm telling you right now, kale's the worst thing ever on the planet. But supposedly kale is the best thing ever for you. It's going to fix me right up. You know, that's one of them things you read about. I've fallen for it, so I put it in there. But you know what? I have to put some frozen chunks of pineapple, and I have to pieces of apple, and I have to put... Man, I had to put some stuff in that thing, and I grind it up my little grinder and make my smoothie, and it does. It gives me lots of energy, perks me right up. It's supposed to lower my heart my heart rate and my blood pressure. Good, 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 good. That's great. That's great. So that's supposed to help me. It's supposed to help. That's going to change my health. Well, I have to do some other things, though, don't I? Look, if I have that, uh, 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 what do you call that thing, smoothie, that little smoothie, if I have that smoothie first thing in the morning, guess what? If I If I chase that smoothie, with fries, first of all, I love French fries. Don't get, you're not getting me started on French fries. These people right over here have the nerve. They have the nerve to put pictures up on social media when they're having good fries. One time during my show, during my radio show on Wednesday, I said, "Man, I'm craving the cheesesteak and fries." What shows up on my screen but cheesesteak and fries? That boy's heartless. 
Hey, what did what did he say a minute ago? Uh, it's best. It, uh, what does it say? He is good saying here. Uh, boom, 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 boom. No, 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 no. We had a good one. We had a real good one. Oh, I can't remember. It was a good saying about friends. Better something from a friend. Better to be wounded by a good friend than kissed by the enemy. Man, then that's truth back there. Wounded me. He's wounded me. Hey, look, salvation changes everything. But what is everything? It's it's every part of our life from morning to night. During the night, God keeps you. Somebody says, well, what if I die during the night? This is me. I die during the night. This is me. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody has promoted me to heaven. I no longer have to worry about the pains of this earth. I don't have to worry about stumbling in this stuff trying to get to the restroom. I don't have to worry about kale. Good Lord, I get to heaven. Beets will even taste good. My mom, I had this debate with her the other day. She, we were talking about how good a food. Mom, she's an amazing cook. My mother used to be an amazing cook. She's 87. God bless her. She's 87 now. She doesn't, eat, she doesn't make a whole lot of stuff anymore. But I said, Mom, you never made anything for me ever that I can recall that I didn't like, except for that she used to like to look up recipes. God bless her, boy. And she would try it on us kids because my dad didn't get home till the weekend. He worked He worked in another state. Get home a week. She'd try stuff on us kids, you know, because we were honest. But we were eager to eat, you know. We were eager to eat. I'm the youngest of five. You know, playing in the woods, you develop a hunger. Mom, Mom looked up this thing and something about peanut butter and honey on chicken. Folks, don't do it. Don't do it. I love peanut butter, and I love honey, and I love chicken, but they have nothing whatsoever to do. Those three things were, were, were adopted away at birth, and they're not supposed to find their birth mother. Never to happen. It will not make them happy. I'm telling you that for sure. But here's the thing. I said, Mom, there's only two things you've ever made that I didn't like, beets and that whatever that chicken was. And she said, mm, that chicken was a disaster. Now, she's 87. I bet that happened when she was not even 50, and we all remember it. All of us, all of us kids that were there, that did it, mm, that was the one bad thing. But she said, I can't understand why you don't like beets. Beets are awesome. So when I get to heaven, I'm going to like beets. But guess what? I won't need them. Amen? Thumbs up to that. At the moment, God declared us perfectly righteous and set apart for himself. That's everything. The moment he said, your next morning after this, your evening, whenever you got saved, how many here got saved in the morning? Anybody know? Saved in the morning. How many here got saved in the afternoon? Amen. How many got saved in the evening? Amen. Lots of night people up in here. About 90% in here talking about the evening. So did I. So did I. I sat at the table that I got saved at in the room I got saved at just the other day. How amazing is that? Five years old. I remember. I remember the Father descending on me through the words of my dear, sweet scripture, knowing God-fearing mother. And I remember thinking, wow, I'm a new person. I'm a new person. Now, guess what I thought the next day? I said, I'm not going to steal any more cookies. I know I'm, I was five. Remember, I'm five. I'm not doing bank jobs at that time. Right? I'm not speeding. I'm not leading the police on a high-speed chase on my BMW motorcycle. That hadn't happened yet. So, oh, yeah. Somebody in the crowd, for you radio audience, want to know, did that ever happen? Yeah, it happened. Better believe it. I made it all the way home. Whole another sermon. I haven't always been a preacher. Right? At that moment, God declared us perfectly righteous and set us apart for himself. This is positional sanctification that takes the place 
It just takes place the minute one is saved. The very second we're saved, that's positional. God said, I sent my son for you. Live different. He didn't actually say that, but I'm paraphrasing. Live different. Are you going to want to still do things wrong? Yeah. Are you going to be uh, uh, afraid of everything? Yeah, probably are. Are you going to fall back into sin sometimes? Yeah, you probably are. You probably are. But he set us apart right then and there, positional. The position of Christ on the cross, the empty tomb, praise God, the third day, we were sanctified. It is the act of God whereby Hamashiach is made unto us sanctification, 1 Corinthians one thirty. This phase of sanctification is solely the work of God, people. There's nothing in the world we can do about it. We cannot go. You know, I've seen people. I've seen video of this. Uh, there's a certain place in the country, in the world, rather, where there's this holiday every year and a young man usually about the age of christ will volunteer it's a latin american country will volunteer to be crucified i kid you not it's considered to be a great honor to be the one chosen and he does so willingly this person does so willingly now it wasn't exactly like christ he wasn't the 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 giant nails didn't go through his wrist it was not through the hand it was through the wrist they didn't nail anything through his feet. They do put a crown of thorns on his head. They do lash him 39 times. But then they hang him with ropes upon a cross. And he stays there for hours if he survives. And many have died. But you know what? As painful and terrible as that is, that still doesn't save us. I've been with people who, who in essence, gave their life for me, fought beside me, and they died and I lived. I've been in circumstances where good, good people lost their lives. Could have and should have been me. Still didn't save me. Still didn't sanctify me. Progressive sanctification, it differs from positional sanctification in that positional sanctification is entirely the work of God, while progressive sanctification includes human responsibility. Now, I told you when I read those verses earlier on, I said, oh, sounds like we got a few different types of sanctification. Never occurred to me before. Till this time. Maybe it did, but the brain injury, I don't remember, so it's all new. Isn't that cool? Progressive sanctification, it's, it's the process of being conformed to the image of Hamashiach. It talks about that in Romans 8.29. This is Hamashian growth, Christ-like growth, putting away sin and putting on godliness. All believers are exhorted to pursue sanctification, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this aspect of our sanctification is a matter of choice to the believer. 2 Timothy 2 has something to say about it. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also from youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a very, it doesn't say very, but pure heart. Second Timothy 2.21.22. Sounds like there's some stuff that we are supposed to do and some stuff that we are supposed to stop doing. And it sounds like maybe it's not so easy. Unfortunately, the choice of many Hamashians or Christians is to ignore God's clear command to separate, and they never become a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use. Look, we, we make this choice. This is not something easy. I talked about people with the drug overdose. Look, you, as 
terrible as the addiction is, you have a choice. Your choice is, do I want to continue suffering these withdrawals, pain, and all of these things, or if I stick this needle in my arm and inject this synthetic substance into my veins, yes, I may die, but I also may have relief from this suffering. I'll take a chance. You guys heard me talk about Katrina, 23 years old, beautiful, smart, hard work, and great future. Gone. Another dear friend's son passed away this week before, one day shy of his 25th birthday. Now the family is in pain. You know what? That pain will never subside. I pray they find comfort, but man, and the dear, dear lady who I've known for a long time, I've knew this little boy from a year and a half, this dear, dear lady, his mama said, I blame myself. I, I blame myself for this. I'm angry at you, but I blame myself because I'm your mom. She's a great mom. Great mom, great family. There's a choice that happens. Now, maybe your choice isn't like that. Maybe your thing is overeating. I'll confess. I used to be able to eat anything I wanted, but I was so active and so fit, it burned right off of me. I used to consume between ten and 15,000 calories a day. Never gain a pound. Never gain a pound. Those days are over. A vessel unto honor. Clear command from God to separate and become a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use. In other words, good and pure for the master's use. God intends the process of sanctification continue throughout the believer's life. Now, let me say this. I've talked about waking up and losing your sanctification, your redemption. You go to bed saved, all's good, but you wake up. Maybe you don't have such good dreams. Maybe you don't have such good dreams, and you wake up, and, and you're mad at the world. Or maybe some hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I've revisited you in the in the light of day, in the next morning, and you have to struggle to get back to God. He didn't go anywhere, but you have to go back to where he was, because somehow or another, in between nighttime and morning time, you've drifted away from where you were the night before. Anybody, am I alone in this? I can't be the only one. That's why the word, the word comes in. God intends that the process of sanctification continue every day. I'm always hawking this. I'm always hawking this. You better be in that word every day. Don't mess around and say, I'm too busy today. I'm too busy. No, you're not. You are never too busy for the word. Continue throughout the believer's life. This present process of sanctification never ends as far as this life is concerned. Listen, it's this, I'm sorry I don't have this fancy word for you that it, it's, you never have a craving, you never desire. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, cigarettes, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's all kinds of things. Whatever your hurt, habit, or hang-up is, most of the time that stuff doesn't go away, and sometimes we step back, back over it. Sometimes we mess up. Some people's thing is lying. Sometimes, hey, listen, this sounds crazy to you, but fear can become an addiction. Your hurt, habit, or hang-up, I'm afraid of everything. I'm afraid of everything. You know people like that. Who knows people like that? They're afraid of everything, afraid of their shadow. They don't trust God. Hesitant faith is no faith at all. God tells us this process, this process we're in, a progressive, look, it never will end until this life is no more and we're in the presence of the Father to be a different kind then. You know what that's called? Perfect sanctification. It's the final perfection of the believer, which will take place at the return of Christ, of Hamashiach. 
And the scripture tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Yeshua. Hamashiach, Jesus Christ. Perfect sanctification. It's the plan and purpose of God for every believer. Whether you really are doing well in your walk of faith or whether you're still struggling. Every believer, every single one. How many of you know people that you think when they go to sleep, they go to heaven? They come back rejuvenated with a bunch of heaven. They're amazing people. You, who knows people like that? Look, I'm, I am so blessed to know two groups like that. The Dilatushes, Walter and Deanie Dilatush. Three groups, Bobby and Billie Jean Maxwell, God rest both of their souls, God rest the Dilatus souls, and Larry and Dee Brock. Man, I love those people. I love those people. It just seems like when they go to sleep, they go to heaven. And they come back, they wake up, they're always cheery. They're always cheery, and somehow or another, there's always fruit on the table with some stuff set out, a little sweet little note, unless one of them's there. You know, here, get you some food and get you some of their stuff. You know, and then when I see them after their long, tough work day, happy. Just happy. Happy, happy, happy. Like they go to heaven when they go to sleep. Come on. I'm not the only one. You know people like that. It's You think to yourself, man, these people are sanctified. And they go somewhere where they breathe the special oxygen that is just sanctification oxygen, and they're in the presence of God. This phase of sanctification cannot and will not be attained while in our mortal bodies. You say, well, then why even try it? Come on now. Why even try it? Why am I trying? Guess what you're not? I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I give a little effort, but it isn't any worth a try. You can't even call it a try. I fall down, and I get up. I fall down again, and I get up. Perfect sanctification. It's for all of us. However, it will be accomplished when God started in the believer. He will finish. What he started in each of us that place our faith in him, each of us that surrender to him, each of us that follow hard after him, he'll finish it. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Yeshua Hamashiach. Every day. Go to the well every day. Go to the well. Perfect sanctification will be the completion of what God started in us on the day of our set. Listen, I talked about that day when I was five years old in the kitchen. My mother, my dear sweet mother, Sarah, she's telling me this story. She says, listen, I went to her. She knew I was kind of interested in salvation, and I was a weird five-year-old. I understood almost all of it. I was an avid reader by then and weird. I was a weird super. You say, well, you've been losing ground ever since. Uh, but the thing is, is, is I went to my mom, and she told me no for a few times. She said, no, no, and I want to be baptized right away. Go get the pastor and fill that tub back at the church. I want to go ahead and right now and get baptized. Church, the church, there's nobody there. Why can't I go now? I want to go now. Get it done. You know? I was all about it. Get it done. I have a busy work schedule, you know, five years old. <laughs> a lot to do. Business. Here's the thing. It started that day. My sanctification started that day. Imputed righteousness from God. From the finished work on the cross. The empty tomb. From him walking with me every day. Listen, I didn't get an easy good start to life. I was two and a half months premature. I was a little bitty tiny baby. Didn't come home, I don't think, for a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, I had to have a complete blood wash. They took all the blood out of me, put my mom's blood in. That was some weird thing they did back then. 
but they didn't do it, I wasn't going to make it. Yeah, went on a helicopter ride, and I was just little. That's why I like speed and like to fly. Look, <laughs> I can't. you can't blame me. I liked it from the beginning. Positional sanctification. This is wholly the work of God. At Hamashiach's coming, every believer will receive a new body that will have no sin. Praise God. 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. In other words, go ahead and get you a good look now. That's not how you're going to be. But we know that when he shall appear, when he shall appear, when he shall appear, we shall behold him. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know why we can't see Christ as he is now? We couldn't stand it. It would be too much for us to handle. be too much for us to handle. The Hamashian, or Christian, will no longer have to resist sin within or grow toward perfection. His sanctification will at that point be complete, will be holy and forever set apart to God from sin. God's people are submissive. Listen, we look, in the natural, we fight this. We fight this submission. Who in here knows that song? Lovely song, I Surrender All. That's a hymn. It's an old, old hymn. Hundreds of years old, I'm sure. Old, old hymn. Probably written when I was a child. Did you all get that? That's a joke grenade. It's an old, old song. I surrender all. Unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Yeshua Hamashiach. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. First Peter or First Kepha 1-2. Notice that this sanctifying work is unto obedience. God's people are to obey the Holy Spirit and put away sin as the Spirit of God convicts. That's obedience. I wish it was simpler than that. I do. I wish it was simpler, but it's not. It's as simple as that. And it's for mature Christians. It's for educated Christians. It's for seminary-trained Christians. It's for brand-new Christians. It's for every one of us. It's every, every one of us. We've got to obey. We've got to obey. It's got to be that effort toward obedience, working through our hurts, habits, and hang-ups every single day. Man, God's people are to obey the Holy Spirit and put away sin until the, as the Spirit of God convicts. That's obedience. Kepha, or Peter, you may know him as Peter, speaks of the sprinkling of the blood of Yeshua Hamashiach. Many interpret this to mean the cleansing by the blood that takes place the moment a sinner gets saved. The blood of Hamashiach is certainly the basis of our forgiveness. However, that's not what Kepha is saying here. You'll notice that this blood is sprinkled after the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit and after obedience to Hamashiach, not before it. Man, there's some important stuff there. This is, the, this is speaking of the continual cleansing of the blood of Hamashiach in our life. He's washing our blood. He's in his blood. He's washing our life with his blood. John said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That can be found in 1 John 1, nine. Confession. Now, see, confession comes from a word that means to speak the same thing, to agree. He carries the idea of agreeing with another person. We talked before about that, that wounded by a friend and not being is better than be kissed by an enemy. Wounded by a friend is better than being kissed by an enemy. Look, we got somebody's got to come up with it sometime and say, hey, man, you all right? You don't seem like you're all right. It seems like you're drifting backwards a little bit. Maybe we knew about the hurt habit or hang-up. Maybe we didn't. We go up to that person in a loving and kind way and say, look, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you. I'm concerned for your well-being. 
confession, agreeing with what God says about sin. That's what confession is. David in his confession said in Psalm 51, 1 through 6, God, in your grace, have mercy on me. In your great compassion, blot out my crimes. He didn't call them sins. He called them crimes. Wash me completely from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my crimes. My sin confronts me all the time. Against you, you only I have sinned and done what is evil from your perspective, so that you are right in accusing me and justifying and justified in passing sentence. True, I was born guilty, was a sinner from the moment my mother conceived me. Still, you want truth in the inner person, so make me know wisdom in my inmost heart. Man, that, my friends, is asking for a lot. You've got to have a lot of nerve to ask for that. Notice that the cleansing is conditional upon the confessing. When confession is right, it will result in cleansing. Solomon, he dealt with this matter of sin along with the confession and cleansing of it. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them, confesseth and forsaketh them. I confess it, but I go right back to it. No. He says, confess and forsake. In other words, turn away from it. Forsake them, shall have mercy. That's Proverbs 28, 13. When the Holy Spirit is active in a person's life, sanctification will be the result. Look, in closing, I'm going to say this. I hope I have time. I was curious about something the other day, so I researched it fully. Those of you who know me, if I get curious, look out. But my curiosity would not be satisfied with just a little bit of wondering. So research I did. Blind people. I told you about Gordon Moat. Remember, he wrote that beautiful song at the beginning. And I said to myself, man, sometimes I look at his photographs as a child because I studied his life in Alabama and growing up as a child and, and he didn't smile. He nor his brother smiled. They just kind of had this look you know because they didn't know what's having your picture taken. You, you know I've never seen a picture. I've never seen a thing. I've seen darkness my whole life from beginning to end. One of my greatest fears I told you is to be blind. Blind people do it so well. I don't know how they do it. With inspiring grace I would say blind people do it so amazingly. However I noticed some time ago Blind people don't smile with the same regularity of sighted people. In my research, I learned something so powerful it shook me to my soul. The reason most blind people smile less than sighted people isn't because they resent their blindness and are bitter. No, it's not that at all. Blind people often smile less than their sighted counterparts because the biggest part of a smile mm, mm, is the expected reception and recognition on another person's face and the return of the smile to them without ever having seen a smile, their own or anybody else's, the heart and the soul knows that a smile is to be given and returned. They cannot see the smile's reception. They cannot see the return smile. And what made me think of this is this. How much do the sanctified, how much do we the sanctified smile during our week? Come on somebody guilty. I am. I get in my way, get in my thing. I think I'm nice to people, and then all of a sudden I look at my face in the mirror and say, mm, somebody better break that. I see an opportunity to minister to somebody. I say, I'm too busy. I'm going. i got stuff to do. I'm on a mission. Got my plan. How much do we, the sanctified, smile during the week for no reason at all? Well, I have got a good reason for you. We got sanctified. We didn't deserve it. We're working on it every day, and one day it'll be made perfect. Perfect sanctification will be in the presence of the king. How often do the sanctified 
We the sanctified, how often do we sour at the slightest challenge or opposition? How often? Somebody tell me. You know, some people, I talk about this all the time, they should rip their bumper sticker, follow me to such and such a church or the Jesus fish or whatever. Take it off till you learn to smile. Take it off till you learn to drive kindly. Take it off till you learn to drive at all, for Pete's sake, some folks. But but take that thing off because you're not showing the world, the darkened world, destined for sin. You're no longer, look, destined for eternity in the lake of fire. Well, you can say you don't believe in hell, but you saying it doesn't quench your thirst eternally. doesn't take you out of the darkness. Neither will it them. You're saved. You're sanctified. Man, what if you smiled? An invitation, an invitation is a smile. But we sour at the slightest challenge or opposition. You know what else I learned about blind people's smiles? Listen here, this is what I learned. This is what got me. This is what got me as I was studying different famous blind people, different famous blind people, and I watched video of them, and video, what, hundreds of pictures, and, and, and I don't know how many videos, just going through all the famous people, and I ended up with Gordon Moat. Gordon Moat wrote that song in the beginning. I'll read it to you again if I have time. I learned this, that when blind people do smile, their smiles are without restraint. They are unrestrained in their joy. They are unrestrained. Their smiles take on a very physical whole body emphasis. And you know what's different? Those who know Christ, those blind people who have placed their faith in Christ, they smile all over. They smile with their whole bodies. Their smiles reflect joy. But I want to know what does your face reflect? Let me let me just run this by you one more time, just so you can you can know. I stood in the courtroom. The judge turned my way. It looks like you were guilty. Now what do you say? I spoke up, Your Honor. I have no defense. But that's when mercy walked in. The blood was presented that covered my sin. Forgiven when mercy walked in. I stood there and wondered how could this be that someone so guilty had just been set free. My chains were broken. I felt born again that moment that mercy walked in. Oh, mercy walked in and pleaded my case, called to the stand, God's saving grace. The blood was presented that covered my sin, forgiven what mercy walked in. Those words of the blind unbelievable pianist. Look him up. Gordon Moat. M-O-T-E. Gordon Moat. You'll find hundreds of videos on on, uh, YouTube with him. The boy can tear up a piano. Play any type of music you can think of better than you've ever heard. Absolutely amazing. But this is the story behind Gordon Moat. Most people in the natural thought, he's just a poor blind kid along with his brother. Mama gave birth to two blind children. They have no hope. He's one of the happiest people you ever see. Not because he learned to play the piano so amazingly, so beautifully, so masterfully, but because he knows one glad day he will be playing that piano for the Father, the one that redeemed him, the one that gave him glimpses of glory, though blind. God bless you. Join us on Wednesday. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at 
www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight.